Hello and welcome to Brothers Watching Disney Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Jeremy. We're two brothers who love to watch Disney movies. So both of us really love uh, Disney movies. We both grew up with it. And uh, we've been talking forever about trying to watch all the Disney movies. And, um, you know, life just got really busy. Both of us got married. I now have a son. And so it was just one of those cool moments where not only could we connect again and and chat and meet up every now and again, uh, but we get to talk about something that we think is really fun and um, hopefully provide some entertainment for you all. So uh, what are we starting off with today, Matt? Oh, we are going to start at the top of the list. Numero uno, what was initially called Walt's Folly at the time, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. You got it. The very first animated feature film ever. Uh, 1939? That's right? Uh, 37. 37, yes. I have some trivia here. It's often incorrectly uh, listed as the first feature-length animated film. I found out that there were three others produced. Uh, there was one or two Argentinian films uh, produced in the teens, both uh, just pencil drawings. Both of those had been lost to time. And then there was a, a German film, uh, The Adventures of Prince Ahmed. It was uh, filmed in silhouette, and then the film was tinted. And it was almost like a stop motion. But Snow White is the uh, first with synchronized sound, first full color animated, uh, first cell animated. You know, it's really funny. I remember it coming to theaters back when I was a kid. So we're talking early 90s. Uh, and then we all went out, and uh, I remember watching it in theaters. That was the first time I ever saw it, was uh, in the theater. Same for me. Probably early 90s, uh, 93, 94, probably. Uh, I've got it here. Uh, 1993 was a re-release. So I was close. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that, it was really cool. It's been a while since I've watched this. It's probably been about 15 years, I think, since I've last seen this. I think for me it's been about 15, maybe even 20 Watching it, there were a lot of sequences that I really had little to no memory of. I did not remember the forest chase being so long. I didn't remember the washing song. Yeah, that one stood out to me, too. I didn't remember the prince's song. Mm-hmm. So pretty much pretty much, it was like you had, uh, you know, it was like, hi hole, whistle while you work. And someday my prince will come, right? Like that's the, those are the three that everybody can remember from that. I did remember the silly song when it came back up, probably at least in large part due to the fact that it's involved at the uh, finale of Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. That is very true. Yeah, not sponsored. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, one thing that I found out um, as I was watching it, you know, you t- you mentioned the forest chase, and I happened to notice somewhere that 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 sequence itself, and also the Queen's transformation later on were heavily inspired by German expressionism, specifically Nosferatu and the cabinet of uh, Dr. Caligari, which is just really cool. You know, that was a big movement near about near about that time. And they took that inspiration and, and blended it in, you know, pretty well. Yeah. And that's, uh, and that's very on, on on brand, on theme for the film, because it is a Germanic story. It's it's set in Germany, even in the parks when they have our parks, because we're, we're here in Florida. When Snow White is about, she's usually in Germany at Epcot. Right. 
and it's funny, you know, we say it's a German uh, a German story. And so I just have to mention that at her first sequence, so we're talking about three minutes, 45 seconds in, uh, you know, she's out kind of cleaning and, and at the well and all that. And she's wearing clogs. I think she's got like fancy shoes the rest of the time. But right there at the beginning, she's wearing clogs. And so, you know, other than other than knowing that that past knowledge of the story, uh, that's the one really big hint that it's a German story. So it's really cool. I do have one other uh, little interesting bit of, I don't even know if it's necessarily trivia, but I made this mistake when I was typing the title originally. The title is spelled Dwarfs, D-W-A-R-F-S, not V-E-S. Dwarves. Dwarves, which was an alternate spelling in at the time when this was made, uh, but it was popularized by a little book that came out about two months before Snow White hit theaters uh, called The Hobbit that popularized the spelling with the V for the plural. Gotcha. That's re- it's really cool. So I think I'll just kind of kind of give a general impression and then we can kind of maybe we can go a little more specific. Yeah. Uh, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. The thing that really stood out to me, I thought the score was really, really fantastic. I actually found out it was nominated for an Oscar. Didn't win, but it was nominated. But also, you can see the Disney animators using their Silly Symphonies experience to taking the action that's happening and timing it with the music. And so it makes things really funny. Even when, like, all the dwarves are poking up over the bed and their noses are coming out, it's actually in time to the score. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a fun bit of comedy that was already just sitting there if you're just paying attention to the music and then you just see it happen in time yeah that uh that actually (laughs) i've got three different bits of trivia (laughs) related to what you just said (laughs) uh so let's hear it uh the first one you mentioned silly symphonies walt uh in the production because they were still producing their shorts at the same time the mickey mouse shorts were considered the the money makers those were the ones that would bring in the big bucks and get the, you know, pay the bills. The silly symphonies were where they would practice different techniques. There was one silly symphony that they used to practice their drawing techniques for drawing real life figures. That was the Goddess of Spring, nineteen thirty-four. Right. So they practiced uh, using the the live action capture. That's how they did most of the character work here, right? They actually had live action actors acting it out and then the animators would just mimic their emotions to be able to get a smoother more human movement right yes precisely for most of the human figures i believe i read that they did not do that with the queen because they 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 did want her movements to be a little a little more stilted a little less natural Mm -hmm. so it was a, a specific choice so my second of three bits of trivia uh you mentioned the quality of the soundtrack this movie was the first movie ever to have a commercially available soundtrack. Oh, okay. If you're like me and you have lots of movie scores filling up your music player of choice, you have Snow White to thank for that. And my third bit of trivia from your <laughs> from your one point that you were making, you specifically mentioned the dwarves popping up and their noses coming over the, the end of the bed frame. I actually have a time code for that. 35 minutes, 53 seconds is about when it starts. That was one gag that was part of a program that Walt was trying to use to get the animators to come up with, to be a little more creative thinking up gags. And so any animator that got a gag that they proposed that got into the final movie, 
Walt would pay them a $5 bonus. The bonus for the noses popping over the bed frame went to Ward Kimball, one of Walt's nine old men. Oh, okay. Sweet. Hey, and five bucks was actually um, probably somewhere in the range of about a hundred or so at this point. Yeah, that was that was a, a significant bonus. You think five bucks now, you're like, oh, whatever. But considering they most of them were making about forty dollars a week, I think. I think that's what I saw. Yeah, and I know that Adriana uh, Casalotti, who was the actress who played Snow White. I see here she was paid $970 to do her voice work, which they equate to $17,000 in uh, in last year's money. Wow. Yeah. And then, of course, I mean, I'm sure you have it in your trivia that Disney basically didn't allow her to work anymore, that they didn't want to break the illusion of the Snow White voice. Yeah, they, they signed her to an exclusive contract. So, like, she... Like I think she might have done a few little little more appearances as Snow White for other little things, but that's that's basically all she did in the acting and singing. Yeah, I saw that she has two uncredited parts. She said one line in The Wizard of Oz, but she was not on camera. She provided the voice of Juliet during the Tin Man song. And then apparently in It's a Wonderful Life, Jimmy Stewart goes into a bar and there's a singer. That's her. But she was not credited for that either. Wow. But yeah, so she's mostly known for that. Very interesting, distinct voice. And then, of course, with her singing, that very wide vibrato. It, it was It's very interesting. And uh, maybe that was the thing back then And that is, for it to sound like that. That is something that I've heard before, that there is a, a different, basically different style of diction and accepted pronunciation back in... You know, we're talking, you know, 80, 90 years ago at this point. Right. So I know I mentioned the clogs. Mm-hmm. Also throwing it out there, uh, Snow White's accepted age is 14. Yeah, I had that. She's simultaneously the youngest and oldest Disney princess. Youngest being uh, none of the others are 14. I think what is Moana's 15, right? Uh, that could be true. I'd had to look it up, <laughs> but uh, you know, obviously, being the she was first animated in 1937, uh, she's been around longer than most of them. Right. So uh, my first my first question that I have in story logic, let me see what you think about this. Why was the prince at the castle? Like she's just out there singing. And he just appears. This obviously looks like a pretty desolate castle. It seems like we only see two humans actually living there. So, I mean, what what was his purpose for being at that castle? It's just, it, you know, and again, it doesn't really matter. Especially not back then, but I was kind of like, obviously the prince was not a fleshed out character. He had his one, he had his one song, one song, you know, because that was the, that was what he sang. Mm-hmm. And then... He comes back at the very end, you know, so like he's literally in the movie, barely anything. They didn't name him. I think he's called Prince Charming. I think at some point somebody gave him a name because I think the Cinderella Prince is more widely recognized as Prince Charming. Oh, okay. But no, from what I was reading, the prince was supposed to have a larger role, but they they couldn't quite get his design where they were happy with it. So they actually ended up sort of minimizing his appearances. Gotcha. Well, and you know, and the big hit of the movie has got to be the Seven Dwarves. Like the moment that that Hi Ho starts, 
it feels like the movie changes to me. You know, it picks up pace a little more. And then they're just so much fun to watch. I I wrote down a bunch of quotes, like whenever um, I think Bashful is going and they're looking through the stuff that's been cleaned and he's like, my cup's been washed. The sugar's gone. And he's like, he's like actually broken about it. It's the funniest thing. Um, and then I don't know if you had heard this one, but like Grump, uh, Grumpy is like, women, they have wicked wiles. And then one of the others is like, wicked wiles, what's that? And he's like, I don't know, but I'm against him. <laughs> I, I, I did just... notice that, yeah. <laughs> uh, and my absolute favorite is is Snow White going, how do you do? And then no one says anything. And then she's like, and then she says a little again, forcefully, like, how do you do? And Grumpy's like, how do you do what? <laughs> I used to have I used to have this little joke book. You might you might remember this, and I didn't get the joke until I was older. But it was uh, it had the seven dwarves and it had Snow White asking them, "Did you take a bath?" And one of the dwarves, I don't remember who it was, answered back, "No, is one missing?" <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so just sort of that 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 literal mindset. Um, you know, nowadays we see it in uh, uh, Drax. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no- yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing goes over my head. I am too quick. I catch it. Uh, we might have to put Marvel movies sometime in the future of this. But the other thing that is just that is, uh, entertaining for me, I didn't get it as a kid, I'm sure. But now as an adult, I just love the choices that they did with Doc. You know, like essentially he's the leader of the group and he's supposed to really be kind of the, the grounding person, the the straight man of it. But they give him this really funny speech impediment where he just mixes up words. The spoonerisms. Yeah, he does these spoonerisms and it's just – it's the funniest thing. And then even at one point I remember he actually like stops and like gives up and says something else. But it, he, he was just hilarious. That's just a great gag. And so I always look forward whenever Doc's trying to say something. I'm like, okay, what kind of funny thing is he going to say now? It was really fun. Talking about the dwarfs, this may or may not have been another one of those $5 gags. Did you notice how Dopey sort of has that distinctive walk? He has that hitch in his step. Yeah. Uh, Frank Thomas, who was another one of the nine old men, came up with that when he was animating... uh, he was animating the sequence when they go outside to wash at uh, forty-one forty-six, and Walt really liked that. He insisted it be a character trait. Uh, <laughs> several other scenes had to, they had to go back and uh, tweak Dopey's work, walk cycle to reincorporate that. So I, I believe he does it in Hi Ho. You know, I know there's a few other places in the in the film. Yeah, I, I also like uh, right there at that you know forty-two thirty when Grumpy is like he marches off and they have this like we- this weird bit where he gets so caught up in trying to be rude to snow white that he's actually super clumsy. And so in that one, like he bashes his face in the door. And then a little bit later he does like several gags, like he bashes his face and then he falls in the river. And then when he tries mm. to get up, he bangs his head on the, uh, on the bridge. It's just, it, it, again, just an interesting gag to try to soften up this character. That's pretty one note, uh, to try to make him a little more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to spring this on you. I don't know if you have a chance to watch this, but did you, uh, in your research and in your readings, did you see anything about the the music in your soup sequence? It was a deleted scene, right? Yeah, it was. And the, uh, guy, and the guy who animated it was kind of upset about it being uh, removed, and then he got 
asked to be Jiminy Cricket's animator. Yep. Is that the one? That that's that's precisely the one. That's uh, again, that's Ward Kimball, uh, and that was uh, he had two main sequences that he was over in Snow White. Uh, the music in your soup was one of them, and that's the animation for that is is mostly complete, and you can actually. I watch it on YouTube. It looks like it's a bonus feature on the DVD if you have the DVD. Okay. Uh, there was another one. You know, there was a plot point when they were all going to bed. There was going to be a sequence where the dwarves, presumably, possibly the next day, uh, built a bed for Snow White. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was actually Ward's first assignment, and he start, started you know doing pencil tests for it, and then that just sequence just ended up getting cut, and he was moved to music in your soup. So to jump back, jump back a couple things, and again another another funny logic thing that I noticed. It's just so entertaining. Uh, Twenty three fifteen. They're throwing all the gems into the vault. Which, by the way, what are they doing with the gems? Because obviously these guys should be selling this for for bukus of cash, but they're not. They're just throwing it in the vault, and then they're putting the key to the locked door right next to the door. I. I... <laughs> What are you doing? That don't make no sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then you can see it's like it's not like he was. It wasn't that it was dopey and he did something bad. Like there's a little knot for there just to put it up there. It just it doesn't make sense. But considering all their gems are in there, presumably from other days, and you know maybe maybe Doc only goes to the village to sell the gems once a week or so, and I don't know. Gosh, just again, just so many little fun things. You know, the the dwarves sneaking in to see Snow White. You've got you got Sneezy. I don't know why, but I just laugh so much when he's about to sneeze and they all pounce on him, and then he somehow managed to like sneak his head out and it's like ha 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 ha, and then they pull him <laughs> back down and they I think they what is it they tie his beard around his nose yeah. and it's just. It's the silliest thing, and so I, and I love I love the fact that like again, there's these jokes, and Walt Disney is like, hey guys, I'll pay you money for good jokes to put in here because it really really shows that they, you know, because this story is so short, they probably had they needed a lot of room to be able to play around with, and they wanted to explore it. Exactly. Yeah, like you said, the washing song is so funny, and then you know they're 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 dunking. <laughs> They're dunking grumpy and he is and he is still, even though he is like totally against the washing, he still does it. he still does his little brr in time with the music just like everybody else. Uh and again that just points back to just how they, they know how to lock in those jokes to make it so interesting and just so fun. And and what's actually very interesting Again, in the washing song, Dopey ends up swallowing a bar of soap. And initially, there was going to be a callback to that, because in the Music in Your Soup sequence, which I watched, Dopey also swallows his spoon. And so the dwarfs figure that out, and so they're trying to to get the spoon out of him. And you know they try a couple different methods, and they end up grabbing him by the ankles and shaking him upside down. And not only does the spoon come out, but so does the bar of soap. Oh, okay, that's funny. Um, so to kind of now to turn to the dark side, the queen's transformation is so cool. It's got so many cool shots, you know, she's put it in the spell stuff and then she's got her reflection in the glass. Um, that looks great. But the, the big one for me, 50, 40, she drinks it 
And then this is that great technology that Disney invented where they have the different layers of animation to give that 3D effect. Because the then, multiplane. Yeah, the multiplane. So then she hits it and then it just like it does this spinning dolly and just looks insane and so cool. You know, and then she slowly transforms. I was like watching just going, man, we're trying to come out of the Great Depression at this point. Like technology is just so lo-fi compared to where it is now, but they still have this really, really cool technique and really makes this really dynamically composed shot. And I loved it. Uh, going back to the Evil Queen, uh, this may not be as quite as interesting as your technical observations, but apparently they, they cast one woman to do uh, both voices, the, the Regal Queen's voice, and then the haggard, you know, the, the ragged voice of the... Really? Of the... I had no idea. I could have swore that was two people. Uh, what she did to get her voice right, she went in the bo- the recording booth and took her teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, obviously there was some more some more affectation there, but uh, apparently she was doing you know the, the affectation with the teeth still in, and it wasn't quite coming off right. Mm-hmm. So she started, said, "All right, let me try this." Man, oh. I've just noted a few, I would call them references to other films, but this was the first, so I'm, I'm calling these future callbacks in air quotes. First of all, the, the dwarves you know, exclaim a few times, Jiminy Crickets. Jiminy Crickets, yeah. I noticed, I did see that too. And I looked it up and I was like, what, like, is, was, this a, was this a common thing? And it's no, they actually wrote it for the movie. And then... I guess when they had the cricket in the next one, they're like, well, let's call him Jiminy. Another future callback that I saw, you know, when Dopey goes into the house and then he gets all, you know, tangled up and everything. and The uh, dwarves catch him and take him outside. One of them says, off with its head. Oh, really? And that that actually could be a a deliberate thing because uh, I think, I'm sure you know, uh, Walt was a big fan of Alice in Wonderland. Uh, in fact, some of his earliest animation, I don't think it was before Oswald, uh, but he did um, the Alice comedies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my my last sort of future callback, which is a, a little more vague, uh, but Snow White is the first of at least three that I could come up with. Singing princess who talks to animals and wears peasants' clothes. Right, Because, you know, it worked quite well, so they uh, revisited it for, I think it's Snow White and then Sleeping Beauty. Is that right? Or am I thinking of the opposite Cinderella is the next one. I said so. Cinderella and then Sleeping Beauty is what I meant. So, um, I know know I'm I'm skipping a bit, but I wanted to, I wanted to kind of get up to uh, the ending point. So, you know, the, the wicked witch has made her way out to the cottage has that little, has that little, not necessarily jump scare, but that little scary point where she shows up in the window and then she curses snow white. Then she runs from the dwarves and the thunderstorm comes in and she like runs up this cliff, you know, to try to get away from them. And then she's on this precipice and she tries to kill him with the rock and then for me, it was kind of a deus ex machina that like all of a sudden this lightning bolt struck the rock and destroyed it and that, you know, destroyed the one that she was on. Now, of course, I don't know the um, I don't know the original story, 
Uh, I don't know if that's a callback to the actual story itself, or if it was uh, just something they did where like, hey, we've we've walked ourselves to this point. What's going to be the thing that's going to be the climax and get us out of here? I do actually have a bit of an answer for that. Um, uh, there were some, uh, I don't want to say alternate endings, but like other ideas that were pitched. Uh, one of the or other methods of ending that they looked at was actually uh, where Snow White was involved in the death of the queen, uh, almost torturing her. Wow. And of course, they, have the, they didn't want their innocent character being involved in that. Sure. And then I think they were actually animating towards, you know, the dwarves were going to be the ones to do it. The dwarves were going to be the ones to kill her. But they also didn't necessarily want... Their comedic characters to turn around the, and they, be They didn't want their comedic, comedic characters to become... You know, even you know, just vigilante revenge takers, and so at that point they did have a lot of the chase animated. So that's where they they said, okay, well let's let's come up with another path, and that's how they got got to the. Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, it, it, uh, and obviously it's just one of the things where like, okay, we're here in the story. We need to make something interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they did it really well, and especially the addition of the vultures was such a dark thing. I mean, the, the movie is actually very dark, and I think it's just because standards are a little different now than they were. So let me see if you picked up on this. They have the wake for Snow White. By the way, on the bed that you said that they made in the deleted scenes, and because I, I remember noticing, I was like, like, hey, look, there's a full-size bed now. Mm-hmm. So obviously they had made that in that deleted scene, and then it got taken out. And then, you know, the prince finally shows back up to kiss this 14-year-old girl that he met once brings her back to life and then they're like all right we're going to we're going to go go and be married and she says goodbye to the dwarves and she kisses them all on the forehead but if you look at the sequence she only kisses six of them let me pull up the the time code really quickly because i know that there was like you know obviously dopey was by himself and grumpy was by himself yeah doc Happy and looks like Sneezy were all together. And then Bashful was by himself. So Sleepy did not get a kiss on the forehead. I, I thought that was so funny. I was like, wait a second. I I did not notice that. So yeah, it's um it's one hour, twenty-one minutes, thir- um thirty seconds is about where that sequence goes on. Okay. So uh I mean we've got I mean we've got I've gone through my notes. Do you have any other any bonus trivia for us? I have uh, a little bit. Uh, first of all, did you notice that there are only eight characters who have their names spoken in the film? Okay. Because there's the queen. That would be the title. The title characters. Because the queen's her, name yeah, is yeah, never her spoken. Yeah, her title is spoken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, same with the huntsman. I'm sure his parents didn't name him you yeah, know, yeah, Johnny yeah, yeah. Huntsman. Uh, the prince, we've already discussed the prince never right. didn't wasn't named. And so that just leaves the title characters. Snow White That's really and cool. the Seven Dwarfs. Keeping it simple. And then this was uh, something I read that I just thought was interesting. And it, it, it tells you a little bit, a little something about Walt's personality. Apparently when they were coming up with names, uh, they had two, three dozen names that they were working through. Dopey was, you know, you know, obviously one of the ones that was chosen for, you know, to make the cut, and not everybody liked the name Dopey. They thought it was, they thought Dopey was too new of a word. 
And so Walt said, well, it's not that new. Shakespeare used it in one of his plays. The animator said, oh, well, in that case, let's go with it. Uh, to this day, nobody has found Dopey in any of Shakespeare's <laughs> plays. <laughs> that does seem like something that uh, Walt would do. That's funny. He got it to, he, he got it to work. Oh, going back to your score, uh, they wrote a total of 25 songs. Uh, they only had eight of them make the final film. Uh, did you know that no other Disney animated film until The Black Cauldron in 1985 had fully animated sequences cut after they were done? Really? Yeah, every other film along the way, if something was cut, it was cut at storyboards or it was cut you know, very early rather than a, a fully animated sequence. Now, not uh, Music in Your Soup wasn't colored. It wasn't inked and colored yet. Gotcha. And yeah, that was that's all my notes. So there's one other thing that I saw that I wanted to uh, to run by you uh, and see what you thought. All right. I don't know if you've seen this around, but on the internet right now, there are lots of theories about different movies where the main characters are dead the whole time or half the time or whatever. Mm, okay. And so one of them does involve Snow White, is that she actually does you know die from the poison apple, and that when the prince comes to take her. That is, you know, her spirit being escorted into the afterlife. That's why it pans up and shows the, you know, sort of the the castle of the sky. I did notice that. I was like, that's a that's a weird choice to put a castle in the sky. And according to that same theory, the skeleton in the the queen's spell room that's reaching for the cup of water, that's supposed to be the prince, because he spurned her advances in favor of snow white interesting (laughs) that's wild so that's one of those weird internet theories i don't know how much stock you put into it yeah it is the internet that's for sure that is snow white thank you for sticking with us for this long if you stuck around at all i hope you had fun i hope you got some new uh insights uh next time we are going to be looking at 1940s Pinocchio, the second Disney movie. Until next time, we are Brothers Watching Disney. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, there are so many more Disney movies up ahead. Make sure you subscribe to keep up with our newest episodes. 